0: Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Federal Premium Shot Shells. And I just wanted to give a quick shout-out and say thank you to Federal for standing by the Wingman brand since the beginning. They are our oldest partner, and we... I I can still remember to this day when Brandon Mason told me that they signed a contract and wanted to partner with us. I was so excited because I've been a federal fanboy forever. I've been using federal ammunition since way before I was ever involved in the outdoor industry, and I'm a firm believer in every product that they sell, whether it's rifle ammunition, whether it's pistol ammunition, or in the case of wingman shot shells, everything from their TSS lineup, their turkey shot shells, their high shock lead target loads, man, everything that they have just absolutely kills it. But, I want to I want to highlight one product that they make in particular today and that is the Federal Premium Speed Shock or aka Blue Box. You guys have seen it. On the shelves, if you're, if you're a waterfowler, you know how awesome good old Federal Blue Box is. If you need a load that you can buy a lot of, buy a couple cases of, and you can afford it, you can buy those cases without breaking the bank, it's Federal Blue Box every single time. My pick, three-inch number twos. There's not a situation in waterfowling that I've encountered where I can't cleanly take birds with three inch number twos, especially if I'm being a little picky and shooting stuff in the decoys. But man, I've taken, especially Canada geese, at some pretty jaw dropping shots with that Federal Blue Box stuff. It's awesome. It comes in a variety of loads. It comes in a variety of gauges. My pick is the 12 gauge three inch number twos. I've shot everything from pheasants on public property in south dakota where you had to shoot a non-toxic load to geese sandhill cranes and obviously ducks mallards teal you name it three inch number two federal premium speed shock it just flat kills check it out this fall i know you won't be disappointed welcome to another episode of the wingmen podcast and I am here at the Western Hunting Expo in Salt Lake City. And my guest is the Honorable Bruce Pettit from Leupold.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Show going good? It's been really good. You know, I love, I love this show. Just, it's, you can tell it's full of core hunters that come out here and, and you just get great attendance. I mean, Utah's a great hunting state. And I think you get people. You know, a lot of people from other states that are adjoining. So we've had a, we've had a great show. We've had a really good show.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I kinda swung by your booth uh early yesterday actually. Yeah. And you guys were slam busy.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's yeah, awesome. we partner at this show with Sportsman's Warehouse. So they mm-hmm. they do all the transacting and it allows us to you know. You show just our sell stuff. and yeah, then they go sell. over and, and yeah. they pick a product up. Well they, they they brought a they have a cash register in our booth. So they just pay for they it. do it, there, it right there. And yeah. it's right there. Yeah, it works great. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it eliminates been, been
0: one good. step for you guys. You don't have to hassle a lot That's with right. that.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, cool.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm a, I agree with you 100%. You know, you look around, and it's just hunters. It's just,
1: hardcore. Yeah. I love it.
0: It's It's great. I love I, it. People ask me all the time, and they're like, oh, so, you know, what's going to shows like? And I said, honestly, Hunt Expo is awesome yeah. because you're constantly talking hunting with people. Yeah. That's it's right. that everybody that comes through the booth is talking honey. Yeah, there's
1: few shows like this. Yeah, absolutely. You know? We've got a really good one up in Portland. That's a sportsman show up there that's really good too. But there's there's just not that many that are certainly like this. Right. And the brands that show up here and just, you know, kind of attracts a lot of folks from a lot of different places. Cool. Cool. Well, what's new at Loopold? You know, we're we're just still, you know, we're as you know, we're a fifth generation family owned, you know, business and continue to 115 years now and uh, a family ownership it's really cool yeah and uh, so we're pretty unique and we just continued to innovate and and we make you know all of our rifle scopes and in fact any optic that you put on any kind of a firearm and look through it is made in our factory in beaverton oregon so that's so cool yeah we got about 720 employees there and we make them seven days a week so it's been really good it's it's um we're having another another great year and and last year was really good and you know, we'll just continue to innovate and come out with new products. I've got, I got—I really was, you know, I sp- love spending time with my product team. I'm a product geek. So yeah. I love spending time with my product team and looking at, at, you know, what we've got coming out for the next five years. Because it's just some really cool, innovative product.
0: Yeah. Tell me about, because I'm getting a ton of questions about them right here. Cause okay. Because we're, we're running our, through the Eastman side of things, we're running the Tag Up Special and we're giving away Leopold sunglasses. Yeah why sunglasses.
1: Okay. Well, what we, what's
0: what's the big deal? We we
1: call it performance eyewear. There
0: you go. There you go. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. It, I love them.
1: Yeah, you know it, it's it's uh I'll tell you how that came about. So, it was I guess probably 5 years ago now. Um you know, I was I was going, you know what? This doesn't make sense. We manage light. We manage glare. Right. That's what we do for a living, really. Right. If it comes down, you just get down to it. That's what you do in a riflescope is you manage glare. You manage light. You deal with that. And I've got an engineer. i got 85 engineers. And so I took it to our, our top optical engineer. I said, there's, there's no, why, you know, how hard is it to take another step in terms of managing glare, clarity, giving that in in eyewear? And he said, well, that's easy compared to what I deal with. you got a bunch of lenses in a riflescope, right? Oh, yeah. So it's an, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a whole different thing. And so we started this project. It took us about two years. I mean, we really spent the time to make sure that we got the lenses right and, and got the, not only optical clarity, but really managing that glare in different conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just worked. And it's been great. And anybody who, ha- who has a pair is like, man, these are amazing. Yes. I won't wear anything else. Yes. And so the other companies that we... You know, we compete with, I I think, are focused on fashion and different things, rightfully so. And they're a lot bigger than what we do in eyewear. But, you know, we take it seriously. And so making them, you know, where they're protective, making them where Mm -hmm. you can fish in them, you can hunt in them. You know, from a wing shooting standpoint, I mean, they're fantastic. If you take that amber lens that we've got. Dude. It's, it's, because honestly, when I bird hunt before, I wasn't wearing eyewear. I hate to say it. I I just didn't because I thought it, you know, just visibly I didn't like what I was getting. Mm -hmm. Now with I won't I won't hunt without them, because of just how how crisp and how clear how clear it is, and particularly you like that amber it, that lens. That amber lens. Yeah. Yep. That's the one I, I
0: wear 99 percent of the time. Yeah. It's really good. It, it's, yeah. I like I like how the amber increases contrast. Yep. And it in, does. And in upland bird hunting, especially, but waterfowling too. I think I think you shoot better when you have that high contrast because yep. it's like your brain can make those minute adjustments. Because it's getting a clearer, sharper image you're right I think it's I think it's huge, yeah,
1: I totally agree,
0: yeah, and I have worn it was funny when when you guys first came out with them and, and started sending them around, you know i w- I've been a fly fishing guide for twelve, thirteen years oh cool, yeah, I've worn them all, yeah, you know guaranteed yeah, I've yeah. worn them all, and I put those on, and i I put them on. And just by putting them on, I went. It's the only ones I'm gonna wear. Yep. I, yeah, I took. I mean, it was that quick. But yeah. I've worn a lot of sunglasses. Yeah. you know, I've worn a lot of eyewear, and I'm looking at it going, these are different. Yeah, these, you know, these, these are different. The light transmission's better. The contrast yeah. is sharper. They're they're super tough. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. literally knocked a set off. I think I was at Weatherby. And I was doing something at in over in Sheridan with with the guys at Weatherby, and I had them on a shooting bench and I knocked them off, and they hit the concrete. Yeah, and I was like, well, there's a scratch. Nope, no scratch. Yeah, they're awesome.
1: Yeah, they got they got to have the loophole, you know, ruggedness piece of it. So anything anything we do has to have performance, and we've got to make sure that it it really fits the the optical clarity piece, and then the ruggedness. Those got to go together, and that's not always an easy thing to do. and we we accomplished it with this. I'm really proud of the design team. I'm proud of, you know, our product line managers in in pulling this off because it has been, you know, we took we took a little grief in the beginning. Oh yeah. So we put we when people found out, we came out with sunglasses. Of course, right. I never let anyone in the company no, call that No, no, right, exactly. I, like, no, this exactly. is performance eyewear. But but when we came out, we had a lot of people going, "Why in the hell would they do that?" You know, what what are they doing that for? And then those same people have come back to me and said, "You know, I doubted it, and now I am absolutely convinced." Yeah. And it's it's the only thing I'll wear. Yep. So
0: my wife stole mine, my first <laughs> pair. She put them on, wore them. She's like, "You're not getting these back." Yeah. I was like, "Okay, well, yeah. let's get you your own pair." No, I want these ones. Yeah. So she has my original pair, Yeah. and then you know, but yeah, they're 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 impressive. They're awesome, and I just tell everybody that sees them, I just I'm like, here, put them on, try them, wear them for a little while, go check them out. I've been super impressed with them. Yeah but that's, that's that you've done something just recently. It's a big deal. (laughs) I don't know. It's that big a
1: deal. I think it's
0: a big deal. Yeah. Walk us through the McNabb.
1: Yeah. So the, the quick story is, you know, I, I was traveling actually over in the UK on business back in, I think it was like 98. If I remember. And I had, you know, I've always been an outdoorsman, and I love gun dogs. Or I'm, I'm addicted to gun dogs. I mean, I just freaking love them. I've had them my whole mm-hmm. life, and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I. Uh, so I was over there. I went to the game fair. I mean, if you know what that is, it's yep. the, it's the big. I know. Game it's fair. cool. It's actually oh, yeah. really cool. So I rented a car. I drove up to game fair, and and it ended up they had a. Because the main reason I went was because I wanted to see the they had a gun dog competition. Okay. And they, what they do is it's like Ireland as a team and the UK and,
0: and England as a team and Scotland as a team and they compete. And no, they're like different facets. Like, say, there's like like Olympic teams. There's different events. That these yeah, people I are think in.
1: this one was basically more like they they. You know what they do is you got it's all labs and you've got them all all British Labs and they've got them in a line and they're going and they'll go through the field and then a bird will get up gets flushed right like they hunt over there right so it's still rough shooting sure but it'll go through bird gets flushed they they shoot that bird and then that first dog whoever's dog is up he's got to go get that retrieve got it bring it back to hand if he if he can't get that bird for any reason then they'll send the next dog of course the next dog gets it this one gets kicked out and so it's really an upland bird type competition interesting and in, in this particular one. And I was just fascinated by watching it and then I, I found the guy who was the head of the English gun dog team. Okay. And started talking to him. Ended up by the way, ended up getting a dog from him. But uh, you know, but but the truth of the matter is his son was there and we, we kinda hit it off and he was he was more my age at that, you know, then and, and he was, we started talking and I said, Yeah, you know, I, he's, he said, I just did this McNabb and I said, Really? What was it? And so basically you know, that gave me the idea. It's a Scottish tradition where you, you know, you go out and from sunrise to sunset, you harvest a, a buck so that there it's usually a roebuck or stag, whatever, right, right, and then a brace of grouse, so two grouse, and then you take the hair from the the deer and you take the feathers from the grouse and you tie a fly and then you got to catch a trout with it, right, or a salmon, Dude, whatever. that's cool. Yeah, and so but you got to do it in that window, right? <laughs> right, you only and, have... Yeah, twelve hours. That's it. Yeah, and so, I, at that time, I was like, I'm gonna do that someday. And honestly, I ne- I didn't pick it back up until I was hunting. It was, I, it was three years ago, and I was in Oregon. I had a mule deer tag, and I was out by. Uh, it's called it's Ritter, Oregon. It's beautiful country out there, and it's just gamey. And I had hunted chucker out there, and I had hunted quail out there, and I hunted grouse out there, right? Cause, so I'm just thinking this is a good area, and I killed a mule deer. The, and I went, you know what? And, and as I'm looking down where I'm hunting chucker, I'm looking down on the John mm-hmm. Day. And I'm like, this is it. It's North Fork of the John Day. I'm saying this is the spot that I can – and it hit me at that time that you need to bring that back. You need to go after and get that, get a McNab. And so, you know, I, I think it's cool if it's – you know, I, I, people do it in different ways. But I like the fact that it's my dog I trained. Yes. It's, it's my buck. Everything wild, right? And uh, I, was able to, I was able to pull it off. It, it was really close to being – not done. Really? Yeah, I, I shot the buck at about, it made a good shot on a buck at about, I think it was about 10 a.m. Okay. Okay? So, and it was really close to where I killed the chucker the year before. So I'm like, this is going to be good. I'm going to nail this thing. So I got the buck taken care of, <coughs> got him loaded up, make sure, you know, got to make sure the meat's all good and we're, <coughs> we're in good shape there. And then I got my my dog out and went up. And, and of course, the chucker were not where they were the previous yeah, year. Dude. In fact, yeah. they weren't even – I, I and I, you got to hike up because, you know, you gotta, it's yeah. chucker country, uh-huh. right? So I'm up there hiking around, and I'm convinced I'm going to find them up there. It's just a matter of getting into to them, right? And I spend a couple hours up there. And so I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. So I had to bail off of that and go to another spot, and I found quail there. So I killed a couple of quail there, and now I'm in the afternoon. Yep. And – you know, tying the fly, getting everything done and, and so the, there hadn't been a it'd been a pretty droughty year and so there wasn't a, the, the river was pretty thin and the truth is I didn't show it on the film but I, I, I did catch a, a, a bunch of trout but I was catching dinks Little like, really, ones. I ended yeah. up catching like most would call a dink, but, you know, it was a legit pan-sized trout. Right. But it was last light. I mean, I am oh, right God. there fishing. I mean, it's really close, and finally I, I, I did it. Really? We were running out of water. I mean, it was – so it was, it was cool, man. I don't know how hard it is. I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people can pull that off. But for me, it was, you know, it was just one of those things that i think, wanted to do for a long time.
0: No, I, I, re- I think that's awesome. I think, I think bringing that tradition back with you is, is cool. Giving yourself, making a goal yeah. for something like that is even more cool because it's more than just going out and hunting. It's like, yeah. I'm doing this, I want to try this, it's, and, we, and it's pushing yourself. It's challenging yourself yeah. to do something and to pull something off that not everybody, honestly, would even have the, the um, opportunity.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you, the prep is insane. Right. Because you don't. you got to
0: have all your stuff
1: you With gotta have you. A, in that truck yes. I mean, everything's there so you've got all your gun dog stuff yeah you got everything you need for your dogs and your you, dog's
0: sitting in the truck waiting for you to shoot yeah, it's like deer. hurry up and kill a
1: deer <laughs> and, and you know <laughs> it's awesome and then you've got to have you know you, you've got to have all your fly tying stuff you've got to tie the fly mm-hmm. right you got to have all of that you you know so there's just a lot that you gotta you gotta plan for and, ha- and have there and First, you got to practice your – you know, I'm not the best fly tire in the world. I can tie good flies and I catch sure. fish with them. Yeah. But it's not like I'm, you know, the guy who's just, like, ripping out, you know, ten flies like I've that. I've always
0: said there's fly tires and there's fly anglers. Very seldom – you know, and there's a lot of guys that are very good anglers that tie flies. And there's a lot of guys that are very good fly tires that fish. Usually – that just those two disciplines, you, they're kind of related, mm-hmm. but the guys that are, like, super into the fly tying, they, a lot of them don't fish that much. Yeah. Because fly tying's their thing. Yeah. You know? I got a buddy like that. Yeah. He'd rather sit in the boat and tie flies for us while we fish his flies than he yeah. would cast.
1: That's cool. Eh,
0: kind of neat. <laughs> kind of neat.
1: And I, I had committed myself to catching it on a dry fly.
0: So, oh, so, you tied a dry.
1: Yeah, I tied I tied five drives what I did. Nice. So I just had them there. I tied I tied them and I had them with me. And I was like I, I want to catch this thing on a dry fly cuz we were filming it and I wanted to see if we could, you know, see that. We didn't end up catching that piece of it very well. But anyway, it was it was it was fun. It was it was awesome. That's cool. Where can people watch that? Uh, Loopold.com. Yeah, fun. it's on there. You go into our there's a section in there that we we put our videos on and <coughs> it's uh it's it's in there. I think it's on YouTube. I think if you google my last name and McNabb it'll come right, up right. something like that. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, people have to check that out for yeah. sure. So, that's another thing you and I have in common. Obviously, we love hunting, but we like to fish. But British Labs. Yeah. I love British Labs. Aren't
1: they amazing? Yeah.
0: And I'm not. I'm not degrading anybody that has an American uh, Lab. I'm not that not. guy with it that's all snooty me and either. snotty about yeah. this. I like Labs in general. I like dogs in general. Yeah. But when it came time for me. To get serious and uh intentional mm-hmm. in my dog game. Yeah. I went with British dogs. yeah, I went with a British dog. I they were the size I wanted, they had the temperament I wanted, the, the history, the pedigree, all of it. Yeah. And man, I couldn't be happier with my decision.
1: Yeah, I, I'll tell you how I got into them. It was back in that that's how I ended up the part of the reason I went to that game for that fair. time is yep. I had I had uh Bought a pup, American Lab, had field trial breeding, big strong dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I've trained dogs, right? So I had him in, but I'm I'm also working full time and yeah. you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. We, we all know that challenge, right? And kids, and little kids too. Uh-huh. That time, so you know, I, I, I'm so I started training this dog, and I just I couldn't I couldn't get him to to do what I, you know, I, it was just a struggle. He was good. He was a kind dog. But he was just so much. So I took him to a pro trainer. Guy in Idaho, mm-hmm. put him over, sent him over there, paid the money. I thought, you know what, I'm going to send him over there and see what we can do. Guy calls me. It's probably been, I guess, three months of training. He said, I, I got to tell you, I can't get him to stop breaking. And I was hunting a lot of waterfowl then, so I needed a steady dog.
0: You needed a steady dog. I couldn't just use yep. him for
1: upland birds. He, he, I, <laughs> at that point, I, had a, I was in a kind of a duck club deal, and I was, it was, in, I was in Washington at the time, and I just needed a steady dog that was going to stay in the blind and – be smart, you know, and he said, I can't, he called him a monster. because I can't get this monster not to break. And he goes, and I'm dialing him up. And now I'm kind of going, this is not what I want. I said, okay, I'll come get him. And so I, I, I got him. I ended up, you know, like, I really liked the dog, but it just wasn't going to be what I wanted. And so, and I was pretty bummed because I, because I liked him. I ended up selling him to a friend of mine who yeah. I knew was going to use him and he didn't care <clears throat> if the dog broke. He didn't right. care. So right. he had great life. Everything worked out good. Perfect. Um. And I, of course, I didn't get anywhere close to what I had in him. By the time I did it, three months yeah, of training, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. But then from there, i, I, I thats how I got over there because I—I started really researching it at that time, right? And thinking, what do I want? And I just kept hearing more and more about these British British Labs and what they can do. And I got into that, and then I went over, watched them, um, made really good a close relationship with with uh, Drake's Head Kennels is what it's called over there. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're uh, they're they're good good folks, and <clears throat> ended up at that point bringing a bringing a dog back with me i got some pups over i, I was really doing in those days you could go over and stick them on your flight for like 50 bucks you right can't near, do that right in your lap yeah you right. couldn't even do it but it, so that's how i got into it and then i honestly I haven't owned a, a a labrador that is not a british lab since then yep it just for me it was just the right thing i like i like the size too they're athletic yes they're smaller I like a smaller dog, particularly for as much upland bird hunting as I do. They're really, really nice. I know there's some downside to, you know, big river type stuff with them. But mine swim good.
0: So do mine. They handle it. So do mine. You know, um, my first one was kind of like what you're doing. I mean, I grew up with labs. We grew up with dogs in general, but had labs. And it was always like somebody had a litter and we went and picked out a puppy and that was what we got. Some of them were great. Some of them weren't. And I wanted to get more intentional when I bought Mackinac. And so I bought him from Double T British Kennels. Yeah, great one. At that time, great one. Flains, or Haynes Floyd owned yep. it. It's since been sold. Haynes retired, whatever. And Mackinac was getting older, and I started looking around, and I'm looking at lines, and I'm talking to a bunch of people, doing a bunch of research, and Southern Oak Kennels started popping mm-hmm. up. And called them, told them, Barton, what I was interested in, what I wanted, and now I got Hondo. And it's interesting to see the difference Mm -hmm. between the two. Mm -hmm. Hondo's a little bigger dog, but he's Mm -hmm. not huge. He's like 70 pounds, 75 pounds. Which is big for a British lab. He is big. Super athletic. Super muscular. Mm -hmm. Massive motor, but big off switch. Like, he can shut it down and just be like, chill. He's, he's, to have a dog that did a year and a half is probably 95% steady at a year and a half. I'm like that's pretty good it's pretty good that's pretty good we'll take that all day getting, long absolutely you know when you don't really have to worry about him, And i'm like this is his first hunting season we're only going to get better from here yeah yeah perfect but i'm i'm with you and i'm we did a hunt in montana um with montana upland this that uh, was about christmas right before christmas and i never thought i was i wanted a pointing dog I was like, man, uh, I like my labs. Yeah. They're cool too. Aren't I'm probably they? gonna buy a pointing dogs. They're cool you know, too. I, I know. I have had short hairs. Dude, I've had, I, it, yeah. when we, and I have too. They're, they're but cool. Um, yeah. It's different. Yes, you know, um, we hunted with these English pointers, mm-hmm. and they were, they were, they were hard hunting, but they were sweet. Mm-hmm. They were attentive. They're they were dutiful. Yeah. They were kind. And I'm like, good size they were nice mm-hmm. dude they're not big Mm-mm. they're not big um high step kennels was mm. is, is who was he, dogs all those dogs were from Bryce um no I can't remember Bryce's last name but anyway awesome dogs yeah and I just about brought a puppy home he had a couple puppies there and I'm like that's cool dude if I bring a puppy home my wife's not gonna be mad 'Cause it's a puppy. Yeah. But we've got a lot on our plate. Yeah. You know, I got three yeah. little kids, yeah, yeah, I got no, that's two a lot. labs, you Dogs know?
1: are a lot. They're doing it right. They're they're a lot. They are. They yeah. are. And
0: I just gotten done training initial my all my initial training with Hondo. So it's like there's yeah. there's no way I can't just dive back into that again, but yeah. I almost did. Yeah. I almost did.
1: I got to, uh, you'll have to show me. I, so it, well, I know at one, pretty sure at one point, Double T bought up one of my pups.
0: Oh, really? Out of one of my letters.
1: Yeah.
0: It'd be interesting cool. to see your
1: pedigree on that dog that came out of that. Yeah. There because I, you know, it'd be interesting if one of my dogs is in there.
0: Well, and I know um, Mackinac's dad was Teddy.
1: Okay. That I, was did his just dad. Know, I didn't look at the British. I can't name.
0: remember his mom. Yeah. Teddy was yellow. Okay. And it's interesting. I didn't really know all that much yeah, about, about that, about his. Well, especially Teddy, and I started talking to, I started talking to Barton at Southern Oak Barton Ramsey, and he's like, "You have a Teddy pup?" Yeah. I was like, "What titles does he have?" And I'm like, "I don't hunt test my dogs." Yeah, I was like, "Dude, I live in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, and I have a family. I don't have time or right, money right, right, to, right. to hunt, to hunt yeah. test." And he's like, "Oh, so yeah, kind of a big deal." Yeah, that's we cool. can we can I can take some pictures and send it to me. It'd be cool. I could see if it would be interesting. Down. yeah, that's that'd, awesome. That'd be awesome. That is so cool. Well, we've got turkey season coming up, and I think you and Ike and I are going to try to get together. We're going to try and, to do that. Yeah, oh, we're going to try fun. to get you
1: guys out to Oregon and see if we can't figure out some birds. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what I like about it is is it's it's mountain turkeys. Right. You know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a cool experience. Beautiful property. In fact, it's not far from where I did the McNabb. Okay. Yeah, it's right down in that same area down there is was what we're trying to put together. That's so, so cool. yeah, they're good, and. You know, I mean, look, I, I, uh, Oregon turkeys are, you know, it's not like trying to trying to hunt an eastern in Missouri or something where they're, you know, they, they act pretty good for the, from a hunting perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they make you think you're a professional caller. I like you those know. kinds yeah, of turkeys. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, you just make a little noise and here they come. But um, unless you spook them. I mean, they learn, up, they learn quick. But, yeah, we'll have a good time. No, that would it's be a, fun. It's a great area too. Fun.
0: I know it, it, we kind of got brought up and I said, I'm down. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, no, that'd be but that'd be a good trip. What did you get? What did you just get done with? <clears throat> I know, like for us, we just finished up duck season, and we still have goose. What are you? What are you going to go yeah, back? to? Yeah, so
1: I I just hunted last weekend. I I went out for the final day of um, our upland bird season, not okay. including pheasant. Pheasant okay. shuts down sooner, but um, was able to hunt some quail, which was great, and got on some quail. And you know, I think we. Like oh, we probably, I think between the two of us, we was my uh, my actually my CFO and I went, and uh, we killed I don't know I think eight or nine quail, which nice. was a great, and then we went and um, did some waterfowl hunting. Awesome. Yeah. So we did both, and we, we you know we had a, a great afternoon there. So we only hunted a day and a half, but we we had you know quail and and waterfowl. We killed both. And what so. are you,
0: I mean, you got Pacific Flyway. So yep. what are you looking at for birds when you're, I mean, you're shooting all widgeon, shooting, what are you no, doing? No, no.
1: So out there, so I'm in eastern, this was in eastern Oregon. Okay. Okay. So I don't know, you know, you'll know better than me. I don't know exactly what's specific and what's not.
0: Uh, you're still in Pacific and even in eastern Oregon. E- even eastern. Yeah, so it's out, the, by,
1: out by Pendleton area okay, is yeah. where I was. And we shot all, almost all mallards. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We shot, I think we shot six or seven ducks and I I, I think five of them were greenheads. Oh, wow. Yeah
0: yeah that's nice that's, birds. that's us yeah I mean in in our part of the world in the central flyway, it's 95 percent mallards yeah, and it's just almost almost boringly steady, you yeah. know where it's like, oh, another greenhead, no, yeah. oh, another greenhead, and I never yeah. get sick of shooting mallards. No, but having a little spice and a little variety once in a while is not bad either. yeah, but yeah, it's uh we had a, we had a pretty pretty good season. You know, we held held a lot of birds for a long time. I don't know. What did you guys see? How much did you get to, get to get out?
1: So, well, last this last weekend, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was a, it, that's a spot I'll definitely go back to. I'd never hunted there before, and so we we got onto a so property. Doesn't really get hunted, but they've mm. got a, a kind of a drainage that goes through it. Okay, and it was full of water, and you could just see where the you know the birds were there. But we were kind of we had to we had to kind of make our own little makeshift blind and kind of get tucked in. Put some deeks out right there, but it's, it was a small waterway. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, 20 feet across or something. Oh, wow. It's not, and it, it, you know what happened. It was great. So we had a group come in right before dark. We Always. shot them. It was great. Dogs made great retrieves. Had another little group come in. We shot them. That was great. And then it was done. And then the flood came. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this is we're going to come back here because I've never seen so many birds flooding into this into mm-hmm. this waterway. I mean, there were some hay bales around there and stuff, so evidently there must have been some additional things they liked, mm-hmm. but they just flowed in there. So I'm like, okay, this is a spot we'll we'll hit again. So yeah, it was cool.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. How much do you get to hunt in throughout the year? Yeah, I don't waterfowl. You've got to be a super busy guy.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I I luckily being in the industry we're in, I I get you know, a fair amount of opportunity. So, I, right. you know, my customers hunt, my team hunts. I mean, we get the opportunity to go do that stuff a lot like you guys do, right? I mean, right. It's, our, it's our biz. Um, so, I, I, you know, it just depends on the year um, and what I've got planned. You know, usually I'll, you know, have an elk hunt, deer hunt, something like that, and I just kind of plan it out. But my wife hunts, and she's a hardcore hunter, and so it's great because, you know, we can always go do that together. Absolutely. And she loves it. She's like, okay, I'm in. You know, never have to. You know, she's never like, oh, I don't think so. I mean, she's always like, yeah, no, I'm in. Doesn't matter what it is either. I love it. Yeah. So we, I got really lucky. There. She grew up in Alaska, so yeah, she was born in Valdez and grew up in Kenai, and so I got pretty, pretty lucky on that front. Um, to have so, someone so. like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't happen. I realize that. I don't take that for granted. Um, and and so we, you know, we get out quite a bit. I, I don't hunt as much upland birds as i'd like to be yeah, honest just because right. they it conflicts with my you know my big game season and we make rifle scopes so i was gonna focus say, on that you know it, that's that's <laughs> the interesting
0: when we're sitting here talking because the the performance eyewear side of it and then i'm thinking the delta point pro mm-hmm. those are the two optics that i use the most mm-hmm. for wingmen obviously binoculars yep I don't really use a spotter very much because I can see what I need to see for scouting waterfowl with binos. For sure. But you guys, I mean, Leupold is, when you think Leopold, at least when I think Leopold, I think rifle scopes. Yeah, and you should. So that's got to yeah. be a massive part of it is, what you do.
1: It is a huge driver of our business. Yeah, so we... You know, I mean, I, I think we are. I I don't think anybody does it better. I really don't. And yeah. I, I mean that. I mean, we test other people's product. We we look at it. If you look at our elite military right now, whether it's you know CAG or Delta, or you go across the board <coughs> to a lot of our allies, I mean, they're using our long range optics. And so I'm really proud of that because you know we talk at, 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 at you know we talk about our core purpose being we, cre- we we work to create epic moments. Right. And and I love that because you know for me I I, I love the fact that you know I can. You know, know that one of our customers is going to go out and, and hunt with their family, and, and that optic's going to come through if they've drawn the tag of a lifetime. I know it's going to perform in the field; it's going to absolutely do what it's supposed to do. Um, but more importantly, you know, I, I've heard back from some of our warfighters like, "Hey, man, I was in a tough spot, and this is what happened." And then, you know, I dropped my rifle, and I was still right on. You know, I mean, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that is kind of gives me chills talking about it now. But it's that's what's important to me is that we're able to come through and, 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 and do that. So our rifle scope business is, is, is a big, big part of our business. We have a good observation business in our binos and spotters mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Obviously, we sell a lot of mounts, you know, <coughs> mounting options. Yes. So all, that, all that's really good. It, it is. And we're just, our, our key is it just has to be performance. You know, and that's going to be the, the thing. So if we went into eyewear, it wasn't, hey, we're going to just throw, some, throw a logo on it. Yep. Yeah, and we actually assemble those here in the US. So
0: I love it. You know, and that that's something that I can tell people when I'm recommending when, when I can make a recommendation say, "Hey, yeah, man, that's that's assembled right here." I mean, that's that's a that's a US product. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 great because I have been a Leupold fan since I was a kid. My first rifle scope was a Leupold. Cool. And it's like that's kind of my my personal rifles wear leupolds and i've got i'm just setting up a 410 was a savage 410 with a leupold red dot on it and i put mm-hmm. it all on there fitted it up and i'm like this is gonna be you fun. put a dp pro on it yes perfect yes that's sweet it's perfect yeah no, that was like no. i told i was like yeah that's the one i want yeah it's perfect
1: it's uh you know, for Turkey, putting that DP pro on there mm-hmm. is, is just absolutely money. And so my, my youngest is, uh, my daughter's my youngest of my three kids and she, she, you know, I love her to death and she's, she's a, she, she great at riding horses. I mean, she went to really high levels and all this stuff, horsemanship and everything she was doing, but man, she couldn't shoot a shotgun to save her life. And I mean, I'd take her out in the field and I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. And uh, and so you know, she, you know, I was like, you know, and you're always out there. And my boys, of course, are great shots. Sure, you know, and we would go out. And so I finally we, we got I got her on a turkey hunt. She's like, Dad, I need to, you know, I want to. I'm like, Okay, we'll do a turkey shot. And I put that that Delta Point Pro on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Here's here's what you do, man. Put this red dot right on his beak and let him have it. And she did. She killed her first turkey. And Perfect. It was awesome. That's it was what's awesome. so great about yeah. those things. Oh, I don't
0: care if you're putting one on a handgun putting one on a shotgun yeah it's just point there it is red dot shoot yeah. Yeah. and it's simple yeah. you know and i i've i've had similar similar scenarios with different first time turkey hunters yeah and it's you know they're nervous about making mm-hmm. a shot and doing this it's like it's easy you don't have to worry about looking down the barrel and putting that bead in the right spot yeah. or the crosshairs on a scope you put the red dot on their head shoot them done and it's easy yeah yeah i when I got that gun, it was kind of like, yep, doing that and doing that and doing that, and that's yeah. my combo. I got yeah. the Savage gun, the Leupold DP Pro, and the Federal Premium TS. Yeah, and the same and it's thing, like if, out the door. Yeah, Let's if go you're home.
1: doing a, you know, if you're doing a home defense shotgun, if, you, yes. if you've got, you know, I mean, that's the one thing. So, you know, we've we've got one in our house, and Tracy, my wife Tracy, knows. I mean, here it is. All you do, you know, this is how you're going to handle this thing, and Absolutely. she's pretty proficient with a shotgun. So. You know, but it's it's easy. Your target acquisition is so fast and so it's, easy with it's that. It's immediate. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a really really good. And
0: in a low light situation, I like what you said with the home defense. My well, are taking this in. A whole I know way, we're, we're we're way off the wingman. wingman stuff. That's all right. <laughs> um, but I think about that in in that scenario, you're gonna need you're gonna want an optic that's going to give you um, something you can see.
1: Yeah. You, you, and, what, you, and, what you do in that, in, in those kind of things, is just turn it down. You know, you can right. you can just hit that button it's and it'll not gonna go up and down. You. Yeah, so you just turn it down to low setting, and then what happens is when you set it there, if it's next to your bed or if you got it locked up, whatever you you, you whatever your situation is, the the reality of is it shuts off, <laughs> right, it's sitting still, and then yep. you just pick it up and it's gonna be right on. So yep. it works. And
0: it's the same thing. We can bring that back into a hunting scenario. Yep. I've shot a lot of turkeys right at first legal light. Mm-hmm. They fly down on that roost, mm-hmm. and if you're hunting them in the woods, especially in evergreens, it's dark. Yep, it's legal shooting light. Yep, but it's dark in there, and it's mm-hmm. it can be hard to find that front bead, or whatever it might be. I, I think back. I put a years and years and years ago. I put just a regular like shotgun scope mm-hmm. on a turkey gun, and I had that exact scenario where I had a bird fly down right at legal shooting light he was right there and i was hunting these hardwoods and it was dark in there i couldn't see my reticle yeah just the old school black yeah i couldn't see it yeah and i went out and changed it up yeah and makes all the difference in the world
1: yeah i mean depending on your depending on your state in oregon we can't use a magnified optic on turkeys um but that would be the other option if i'm in missouri or i'm in a state that allows that right i would definitely you know you can put like a vx freedom one to five with a with a uh, you know a fire dot type reticle in there and it's their money oh yeah yeah so you can even use a little and and, you know the low light performance on those are really really good yeah they gather so you got options yeah Yeah,
0: they gather a lot of light no that's that's really cool that's i i love talking gear i'm a gearhead just like you are i and i like talking about stuff that i like which you know is loophole so But let's go way back with this. How did you get where you are?
1: As it relates to... Let's talk about hunting first. Hunting. Because
0: I always like to keep this podcast hunting-centric. Yep. And how did you get started in hunting? And then let's take us through where you are now. Because I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there that are sitting there going, I want his job. (laughs) I want to do what he does.
1: Some days you would. Some days you would. (laughs) not Trust me. But... um, yeah, I think that you know, I mean I, I st- my grandpa got me into hunting. I mean he was a he was a, a, a big time bird guy. He had Britney's and I'll never forget the first bird that I killed. I think I killed it. He might have shot it actually. But you know, in one of those told deals. You, told I do you, that you to guy. my I've done that to my kids too. Nice shot. <laughs> nice shot. <clears throat> but um but he took me quail hunting in Oklahoma and he okay. had Britney's and I just that was it for me. You know, I don't know how old I was, eight, nine, something, ten, I don't know. But I was hooked. I thought that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And and so, that was really the start. And I, you know, I grew up. My dad wasn't a hardcore hunter. He hunted some. Um, so I, it's not like you know, I had this this you know that kind of a situation where it was just automatic. I had to create opportunities. I hunted in high school with my friends, uh, when I could. I played sports too, but when I could, you know, I did that. Um, I hunt in college. We dove hunt and do stuff. And and so I've always kind of been. Um, my family, you know, my cousin's are full-time outfitters, So my mom's side of the family was big big time hunters. Okay. Um, so I have just always been around it and that's how I got into it. And I don't have like one specific thing, um, that I've done. I've deer hunted, I've elk hunted. I've been fortunate enough to get a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things, but it just, I don't know. It's just inside me. I just love doing it. Yeah. It's just, pa- it's a passion. So people ask me, what's your favorite sport? And my answer is hunting. Yeah. You know? I like football. I like basketball. I like stuff like that. But my favorite sport is hunting. I, I just absolutely love it. I love it. And it can be all different types. I'll have as much fun going out and doing a pheasant hunt and watching the dogs and working on something like that or a waterfowl hunt or an elk hunt to me. I mean, they're all kind of in the same world for me. I don't have just like, you know, I, and I respect guys who get fixated on. Them. The only thing I'm going to do is sheep. Right. I, I respect that, you know. But for me, it's just. I, I like. I, I guess that's why I did the McNabb. I like the. I like all that. You know the stuff yeah. that goes with it. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I agree with you 100. percent My brother and I have always said, dude, it could be, it could be rats at the dump. Exactly. I'm in. Let's go hunt. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm in. I don't care. Yeah. And it's pretty much the same way with fishing for me too. Yeah. Let's go fishing. I just I re- like being in the outdoors.
1: It, it is. I remember as a kid. This sounds a little weird, but as a kid, walking the canals in Arizona. And shooting the lizards with a BB gun, off Right. It. you try to hit them right in the head. Shooting, the, <laughs> they'd be on those canal walls, and you're on the other side. It was great fun.
0: We didn't have lizards growing fun. up, but it was always like red squirrels <laughs> and did. stuff like that. You know, there was yeah. just like you just yeah, decimate I, everything. When in the I yard. was when I was a kid, and I think they still do this program, but Mep's spinners used to pay for squirrel tails. Really? Yes, and they would pay you. I, man, I want. Why oh, would it end into that? I want to say it was like. 10 cents a tail yeah. or it might not have been that much but i would literally go out and i would spend all fall and all winter hunting red squirrels professional hunter pretty much i love it <laughs> i was a kid you I know with awesome. a little single shot 22 <laughs> yeah and honestly made me a pretty darn good shot with it a did. rifle it because did. you're yeah. you know yeah. and i would send bags of squirrel tails in the springtime to maps that's cool and i'd get a check back for you know 10 bucks
1: that's perfect you know something like yeah.
0: that but yeah it didn't matter it still doesn't matter what it is I'm yeah. in yeah. let's go on yeah I'm, I'm with you but how so how did you take this life path to, got you to where you are with loophole. tell us yeah first of all what is your title at loophole? I'm the CEO yeah
1: yeah so I'm the I'm the CEO and I've uh, been with the company now um I'm going into my 10th year so it's been a wow it's 10 been, years yeah it's, it's nine, nine full years just going into the 10th so that's cool. Um, You know, honestly, I've been in the sporting goods business my whole career, Um, and and so I've been lucky because I've been really involved in an industry that I love and care a lot about. Because I've always been involved in various sports, not just not just hunting and fishing. Um, And you know, when I had, uh, I was at my previous company for which I founded with a private equity group. I was there uh, about fifteen years, and we'd gone through a couple transactions, and it was kind of time for me to sure to. To, I had a change of control. It was sold. I was able to get some equity out and do all that kind of good stuff that goes with that. And I, I honestly saw an ad um, that Loophole was looking for a CEO, and I'm like, I got a bunch of loopholes in my safe. This is, you know, so I just I didn't know. I didn't think there's any chance in that, you know, but I I did my resume and I hadn't done one like like I said, 15 years. And uh, they called and said, Hey, we want to talk to you. And I ended up going into a process and 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 honestly, I was really, really attracted to the fact that it was family-owned yeah. because I had worked in a different world of kind of private equity and shorter sure. term, and it's just different because in, in, in what I do, it's sometimes the challenge of depending upon who your investors are or our public companies face this is it's a very short-term approach, right? It's like what's going to happen the next quarter? Right. And in, in our business now and with the ownership that I have now, um, not only do they treat me like family, which I love and respect them for that, but but the reality is, they're looked at, they look at generational value, and and that's a really liberating thing as a CEO when you're putting a strategy in place because you get to see it's not all about what's going to happen in the next two years or next three years or, or in some cases the next quarter, right? right? You get to see it over time and make long-term investments and watch your strategy come into place. And I've been able that's to do cool. that here. We're at all-time record on kind of every metric of the business. Love and it. I got a great team of people who just, they hunt, they fish, they care about each other, and we got a great culture. Um, and, and, and so it, it just worked for me, and it, I'm, I'm glad I took that. I was in Colorado, living in Colorado at the time, so the hardest thing was me leaving Colorado. Sure, sure. Know? Love that state. But and, being willing to go. Yeah, because Oregon... You know, when you start looking at, I always look at things like as an outdoorsman. When I started looking at Oregon about hunting and fishing opportunities, I'm like, mm, this is pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. This isn't too bad.
0: There's way more than there than
1: people think. Yeah, but the, the, like the, the wild bird hunting is insane. Right. I mean, it's really a lot better than people think and give it credit for, you okay. know, in terms of diversity and what you can mm-hmm. do. And, you know, two types of elk. I mean, yep. you know, number of different deer species, you know. Last year I killed a Columbia whitetail. You don't get to hunt a Columbia white to too many places. Had, can say that. Yeah, you know, right. there's not very many spots. So anyway, for me, it was just, you know, I got that opportunity, and that's how I, I ended. And I do have one of the I, – I, I know I have one of the best jobs in the industry. I do know that, and I, I respect that. I, I really love it.
0: I think that's cool. I like that perspective because I think, unfortunately, a lot of folks in your position might start to take that for granted after a while. No. And you, it, when you stop being gobsmacked – By what you do, it's time to move on. You know, when you go, I just, I don't know. I do it every day. I wake up and I'm like, dude, I'm the editor at Eastman's Hunting Journals. Isn't that great? I get to do, I'm the host of Wingmen, you know, and I get to see, and and we all have lives, and life has difficulty Mm -hmm. of different different measures. When I look at it and go, but my job's awesome. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Well, and
1: and, and having that perspective is is how you overcome things. Right. Because the key to success, in in my opinion, has a lot to do with resilience and being able to overcome because none of us are perfect. We're not going to all make the right decision all the time. I certainly not. But if I have the ability to assess and and, and, and overcome and be resilient, you know, and, and be kind of thoughtful about that, then, you know, you look at you look at challenges that you face in a different way. Um, you really do. And I think that's key. And so, yeah, I don't have perfect days every day. No, no know, does. and it's, it's a hard business. I mean, think about this thing. I'm, I'm building this rifle scope, manufacturing it. It's got some of my higher end scopes have 220 parts. Yeah. We put them all together. We submerge them. They've got to work underwater. They've got to work in all temperatures. Mm-hmm. They've got to get punished. All this stuff, it's got to be on. It's a very intricate thing. And then I guarantee it for life. It's, you think about that's
0: kind of. I know that's pretty like whoa. I we can know. really do that guaranteed for yeah. life. Yeah, so I love it. that.
1: That piece of it is you know you can get overwhelmed by that, but man, you just gotta. You know, and I'm, I'm lucky because I got great people, great team that that I work with. My my leadership team's great. My 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 team all the way down, 730 folks are just wonderful people. That's cool. Yeah,
0: they're good. That's cool. I and mean, you talk about that guaranteed for life. I had I had the. Uh, opportunity when I was in oh I was between my graduate de- my undergrad degree and my grad degree. I wasn't sure what exactly where I was going quite yet. I was young. Mm-hmm. I got the opportunity to go live in the bush on Kodiak Island for wow. a couple of years in commercial How fish. How good is that? It was fun. Yeah. When I get there, my boss look, you know, walk in, it's this cabin on the on the beach on Kodiak and there's a handful of guns in the rafter of the, of the place. And I look and there's a model a Winchester Model 70 in 300 H&H. And it's wearing a fixed four-power Leupold scope. That I'm like, how old is that? And it was like the first gun this guy ever bought. Mm-hmm. And he was mid, late 60s at the time. Mm-hmm. Almost 70 at the time, actually. So I'm like, and he'd been there for a long time. Bought it and I'm going... That thing's been around. And Kodiak is a harsh environment. Right. And, you know, it's scratched up and beat up. <clears throat> He's like, yeah, come on. We got to go make sure all the guns are still sighted. And he just leaves it in the rafters, you know, carrying it around, beating it up. Boom. He's like, yep, right where I left it last year. Like, yep.
1: Whoa. That's it. That's crazy. That's it. That's crazy. That's what we guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it. I mean a lot of people over time have copied our kind of lifetime guarantee and all that stuff. But the but but a warranty's different than a guarantee. Yes. We guarantee performance. Right. And that's what I talk to our team, whether it's our engineering or our manufacturing team, about. This isn't this isn't about that we're gonna have a really good warranty and that you know if something goes wrong, we're gonna give you another scope. If you if if something happens and, and that we have to do that, we will. But more importantly is we gotta guarantee <laughs> The performance of that, of that scope, because you don't get a second chance. When you're in Kodiak and you got a fixed four and you got a bear you're dealing mm-hmm. with, guess what? It can't fail. No, it's got to work. Right. Yeah. So, that that's the key. It's it's all about performance.
0: Yeah. I, on a on a personal note, I had my dad come out a couple of years ago. He had an elk hunt, all lined up. Brought two rifles, and he comes out. He really wants to shoot. Got loopholes on both of them, but he really wants to shoot his this seven rum that he's had bought Hmm. it specifically for this I'm like all right whatever and he put a vx3 uh six and a half to 20 on it okay and it had a varmint reticle varmint hunter reticle Mm -hmm. in it he got it out there and his rifle would not shoot a group it's all over the place really and i'm looking at the screws and everything's tight and i get in a scope and i'm thinking he's flinching there's no way so I get in a scope to shoot it, and there's, like, pepper flex inside the scope. Really? I said, Dad, it's your scope. Something broke. He's like, oh. So he ended up using his other rifle, still had a loophole scope on it, sent that one back to you guys. I was like, just send it back. They will take care of it. Yeah, for sure. No problems. No questions asked. Got it back, and he shot a pile of animals with that scope Yeah. ever since then. Yeah. No problems. We guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I don't like that that happened. Well, we do guarantee it. In all fairness, out of I don't know how many loophole scopes, that's the only one I've ever seen do that. Yeah, you know, and honestly, I'm gonna throw my brother under the bus on this one. My brother borrowed that same rig. Yeah, and he'd had it before this one. I think he ran it over with a four wheeler or something (laughs) (laughs) because it came back and the the safety cat, the safety switch was bent. The, uh, and I, I'm looking uh, at it. and I'm like, I think this. I think this gun took some abuse. There's something you know? going on something here. Something happened. Yeah, yeah. And he won't admit to it. Of course not. You know. You but know. anyway, Good. you guys took care of it, and it was, which I knew you would. And it was, it's flawless. So it was awesome. But oh goodness, we are right at about the amount of time that I have left on the memory card. Perfect. And unfortunately. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah. I really appreciate it. It's not every day you get to sit down with a guy like yourself who's passionate about this and gets to talk. Hunting and fishing and all this cool stuff. Well, I'm a
1: listener, so keep keep up the great work. Well, and thank keep you. Us, keep us entertained.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah. We we try, we try. So if you're a listener, you know what's coming next. If you can only hunt one bird one way, what's it going to be?
1: Ah, uh, wow, that's such. You're asking. You know, one bird, one way. It's it's going to be it, it's going to be a rooster. It's going to be sure. a pheasant. Yeah, it is. It's going to be with my dog, and it's going to come cackling out, just busting out of there. And I'm going to make a good shot, and she's going to go grab it, and make a great retrieve. Perfect. that's it
0: everybody it's funny everybody said some different things um for the upland guys it's always either a rooster or it's like a rough grouse yep. that's a, those are the those are the two biggies very seldom the guys say I want to go bust my hump and chucker country for the you know for, I, like, I do like that I do too but I do too there's
1: just something you know it's just something about a, a, a just a that that whole experience with the roosters just I'm with it you. always gets me excited yeah no yep. I'm
0: with you hundred i I love I love hunting big old big old long tails man they yep. are a fun fun thing yeah well I'm excited for our turkey hunt okay I'm looking forward to that yep. I hope that works out and thank you again for being on yeah we thanks really, for all you do we really appreciate it, it. thank okay. you Already.
1: awesome